The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. What is happening, everybody? Happy August from Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are coming to you on a Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. So you might be thinking, okay, why no episode yesterday? Well, we did mention at the end of last week that the trade deadline in Major League Baseball was on Tuesday, as many of you know, August 2nd at 6 p.m. So we figured with all that madness, let's move the show to Wednesday. Well, As it turns out, uh, a lot of day games today, Major League Baseball, starting with Toronto, Tampa, Philly and Atlanta playing that noon hour. So um, apologies if you're tuning into the podcast and we discuss some of these day games. We can't ignore them because there's so many of them, but uh, there are six night games and we hope to touch on as many games as possible. But as we always say on this show, we talk about stuff that's actionable for both Colin Whitchurch, Action Network Senior Editor, and Sean Zarillo, Action Network Senior Writer. So apologies in advance, kind of a weird week. Uh, We're back Friday, and then we'll kind of have some normalcy here the rest of the way. So just a weird schedule with the trade deadline and all that good stuff. So we uh, on this show, we come to you again normally Tuesdays and Fridays. We have, uh, we're going to fade the public. We're going to find out what the public's on today. Well, we're going to find out if we're going to fade the public. I shouldn't say we are, but usually we do. underdog of the day for both Sean and Colin Whitchurch. And then we'll get two final bets. Each of these guys will go through what they have for the, for the rest of the day. Uh, and they blog all the picks on the action network app. Okay. Enough from me. Best bets. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. Colin Whitchurch. We'll start with you today. What do you have for us? Yeah, we're going to Red Sox Astros today. I know there's a little bit of confusion over who Boston's starting today. It sounds like it's going to be Rich Hill. So I'm going with the over here. Rich Hill making his first start since July 1st. And he is actually pretty solid before going on the injured list for Boston. He's someone who I've loved to fade over the last couple of years. Obviously, uh, over the age of 40 now. But his 
4.0 ERA before he went on the IL on July 1st was pretty sustainable. 4.55 XERA and 4.32 XFIP. He's keeping the walks down, but he's not missing a ton of bats. He does have a 60% fly ball rate, and that's not a good sign against an Astros offense that's very powerful and an Astros offense that is historically good against lefties. They're actually a little bit down against lefties this year. They're Last year, they were pretty much in first or second place in weighted runs created plus the entire season. They're down to eighth this year, still 13% better than league average against lefties, 113 weighted runs created plus. I don't think they're going to have much of an issue with the soft tossing Rich Hill, especially coming off of an injury. And I, I'm curious how long Hill lasts in this game, um, especially coming off of an injury. If he only goes four or five innings, you get into the Red Sox bullpen, which is a bottom 10 unit in baseball based on XFIP. So I, I like the Astros to score runs here. On the other side, it's it's another fate of Jose Urquidy, who's proved me wrong all season long. He's been phenomenal lately. His last eight starts, he's gone at least six innings in every single one of them and has a 2 6 ERA during that span. However, I'm still expecting regression from Urquidy. His 3.86 ERA is backed up by a 4.71 XERA and a 4.52 XFIP. Boston made some moves at the deadline yesterday, but it was a, a lot of very strange moves. It was, are we selling? Are we buying? You know, sending out Christian Vasquez, bringing in, you know, Eric Hosmer in that weird deal. So their their team is still relatively intact. You know, Bogarts is still there. JD Martinez is still there. So I, I still have some faith in that Red Sox offense. The total sitting at eight and a half. I like the over here. All right, Zarello, what do you have for us? Do you have a, a game that might involve some some moves from yesterday? Well, I don't know if any of the AL Central teams made moves, or I should say aside from the Twins and the Royals trading with Merrifield, but the Royals and the White Sox, I've been on the Royals all of the games in the series. I'm going to try to continue betting against Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, and Michael Kopech. Fastball velocity for all three of those starting pitchers is down. Definitely reasons to be concerned. If you're a White Sox fan, Lance Lynn has been sitting around 94 miles an hour for the past three seasons. This year, he's down to 92.3, and his expected ERA is 4.6, getting squared up more, showing better command than he has in the past, but his strikeout rate is down 5% too. So in the zone more frequently, getting hit more frequently, just not walking as many batters. Brady Singer on the other side of the matchup, I view as a better pitcher. His expected indicators between 3.25 and 3.5. So his expected ERA, a full run better than what Lance Lynn has done this season. So at worst, I put these two pitchers on level terms with one another. And the White Sox are in their lesser split. I talk about this often but the White Sox are a top three offense against left-handed pitching and a bottom eight offense against right-handed pitching. So the Royals with the better starting pitcher in the White Sox, Lester offensive split. I projected both of their lines closer to plus 120. I like their first five money line down to plus 116. Their full game money line down to plus 124. I should say I projected both of their lines closer to plus 130. So like the Royals of both halves, I also like the over eight and a half up to nine at minus 106. So definitely some room on the over as well. Excellent. Moving on to finding out whether or not we fade the public today. And if you look at the Action Network app where it says money percentage, you can see where all the money's coming in for every game today. And you see for Nationals, Mets, two teams in the NL East, of course, divisional matchup, 
the the Mets are getting 93% of the bets, 97% of the money. Bassett v. Sanchez, that is your pitching matchup today. And just looking at the money line number, Nationals at plus 225. I'll be quite honest with you. I'm Annabelle Sanchez. I feel like shocked he's still pitching in baseball. Uh, just, just a quick side thought. Anyway, um, are we fading the public, Colin? I'm passing on this one. I, I really love betting these big underdogs. I, I noticed yesterday the Nationals beat the Mets in, in Jacob deGrom's return to the rotation. The Nationals were plus 280 yesterday. If you get a dog that deep in the odds, they're plus 280 or worse. They're actually six and five straight up this year. So getting to the point where I kind of am going to gonna blind bet these these dogs who are just at an absurd number just because the value is always there in a sport with as much variance as baseball. But it's not quite at that number tonight. Bassett has been very sharp for the Mets. Sanchez is a thousand years old. I think he debuted for the Florida Marlins, not the Miami Marlins back in the mid two thousands, obviously pitched for a couple of those contending Tigers teams back then as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from this one. I know the Nationals pulled it off last night. I know, Sean, you you talk often about the fallacy of, well, there was an upset last night. There can't be one tonight and and people betting against that. But I'm just I'm entirely staying away from this game. Made his debut in 2006, Annabelle Sanchez. And I have nothing against old guys. Like Adam Wainwright threw a gem last week. I, I get it. But Adam Wainwright's pretty good. And Annabelle Sanchez isn't awful. But anyway, what do you got, Zarello? I think he is awful, actually. <laughs> Uh, no disrespect to Adibal Sanchez, still out there kicking it in his late 30s. Uh, he's allowed five home runs in 15 innings this year, 13 strikeouts, six walks. He expected ERA surprisingly around 3.6, even though he's given up five home runs. So maybe not getting hit as hard as the home run numbers would suggest. This was a spot where I bet the Mets first five line last night at minus 210. It has moved up 30 cents to minus 240. And now I see value on the national side of the game. Unfortunately, this is exactly what happened yesterday, except I had to wait until Juan Soto and Josh Bell got traded and they did. And I bet the Mets first five at minus 300. It closed minus 350, minus 375. I showed it value on the Nats full game and said, great, I'm going to jump in on the Nats live once the Grom comes out. And they were up one nothing. So same situation here. Value on the Mets in the first five innings. Value on the Nationals for the first game. Bet the Mets last night on the first five. That value is gone. If you're going to make a bet on this game now, the Nats down to plus 205, plus 210 or better is technically a value play. What I'm going to do, wait till Bassett's out of the game, wait till five or six innings, and then look to jumping live on the Nats, potentially in a tie game or if they're down one run. So that's how I'd play this game. Mets first five value, unfortunately gone at this point. Did get the best line overnight, but would look at the Nats now at this point. It's just, it's one of those bets that you don't want to make. There's no Josh Bell, no Juan Soto. Basically betting a AAA lineup against this Mets team. That said, I still think the Mets are a little overvalued. Okay, very good. Let's move on to other underdog plays that are potentially on the board for both Colin and Zarillo. Where's my dog? Not as many lopsided uh, lines. I mean, you look you look up and down. The, the Rockies are a big dog today, uh, plus 255. It gets now the loaded Padres because they got Bell and Soto. And who knows what that lineup's going to look like in terms of the construction of it. But uh, what, what do we got for an underdog play today, Colin? 
we, we talked about how we missed our recording yesterday because of the deadline. And I, I kind of wish we had recorded yesterday because uh, not to victory lap too hard, but I had one of my best days in a very long time yesterday. If you follow me in the Action Network app, my one big miss was Cubs Cardinals. I was on the Cubs last night. I'm on the Cubs again tonight because I am firmly entrenched as a member in the Steelworkers Union. Justin Steele on the mound tonight, and he's been one of my favorite pitchers to bet on this year, especially with Tyler Wells going on the IL. I need another obscure pitcher for a below average team who I can find value in every week. And that person seems to be Justin Steele. He's sitting with a 386 ERA, which is a very deserved number 372x ERA, 388 xFIP. His ground ball rate is above 50%, so he's keeping the ball on the ground. And he's allowing a bad of 311, so that just shows how impressive he's been that he still has that, that low ERA number despite allowing a somewhat unlucky batting average on balls in play. The other side, Miles Michaelis, is someone who I continue to expect negative regression from, just like Jose Urquidy, who I mentioned earlier. A phenomenal 286 ERA has to come down. His expected indicators are much more on par with Steele, 362x ERA, 386x FIP. And we talked about Babbitt with Steele just a few seconds ago. Michaelis is all the way down at 241. That number's got to come up at some point. So I have value on the Cubs tonight. I saw it last night. It didn't work out for us. I see it again tonight. Cubs plus 150. That's probably around the range where I'd bet it. Maybe go, go down to about 145 range. But I like the Cubs tonight. All right, Zarello, where are you looking for an underdog tonight? Yeah, the Cubs yesterday was frustrating because I bet them in advance of the deadline, assuming that there was a chance they wouldn't create trade Contreras or Hap. They didn't, and the line never moved. So it was almost like the betting market assumed that those guys were never going to move and they were going to be in the lineup the whole time. Very odd situation. Don't love Steele today just because he's a lefty going against that Cars lineup, which crushes left-handed pitching. So that would be my concern. With the Cardinals, that said, I do like the under in that matchup. So bit of an odd angle for me in terms of my best underdog there's a lot of underdogs in that plus 160 to plus 180 range that i just see slight value on today i think the line is a little bit too high one of those is the pirates whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Down to plus 180 would be a bet for me. Freddie Peralta making his first start back off the IL. He was good in his minor league starts, but he did not go past 13 outs, three and a third innings in those two outings. So may not be fully stretched out. Wouldn't expect more than five innings from Peralta tonight. Tyler Bede making his first start for the Pirates. Previously started for the Giants. 22 starts back in 2019. Came up as a starter. He's been working out of the bullpen this year. 
velocity up out of the bullpen, hitting 96 miles an hour, would not expect that out of the rotation. But the Pirates do have him doing some different things this year. Throwing a slider again about 15% of the time, dialed back his curveball usage dramatically, and throwing a changeup more like they were doing with Jose Quintana, throwing a changeup much more aggressively. So maybe Tyler Bede on the improve for Pittsburgh here, projected this line closer to plus 170, like it down to about plus 180. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's anytime a guy's coming back, and just it's kind of like what uh, Colin brought up too with like the Red Sox and the Astros, just guys coming back from that IL. Um, it's always something to keep an eye on when you're looking at the line. Okay, so before we wrap, we always go through final bets. And again, Colin, Sean, all of our Action Network baseball guys in any sport, they log all of their picks on the Action Network app and they provide uh, some analysis, what book they might be on. So all of that good stuff. So really encourage you if you haven't done so already this baseball season, if you want to bet some baseball before, say, the NFL starts up, uh, download the Action Network work app if you're finding us now uh, wherever you get your podcasts colin's got a couple games then we'll go to zarillo yeah i'll start with tigers twins tigers have been kind of my my favorite underdog to bet for a long time you know we we were on the orioles so much early this season we talked about they were the most profitable team in baseball in the first half the books have since adjusted baltimore's line realizing they are an actual competent baseball team this year well maybe not anymore after trading trey mancini and jorge lopez but the books kind of priced us out of Orioles as a trendy underdog. So the Tigers have been who I've been riding lately. They've been an extremely profitable team for me over the last couple months. I'm riding them again today. Had a comeback victory over Minnesota last night to help cash a ticket. Today they're facing Joe Ryan, who is one of my favorite young pitchers, but someone I'm going to continue to fade down the stretch. He did last week against San Diego talked about how he's he's approaching his career high in innings across any level last time out he allowed 10 earned runs and four and two-thirds innings against the Padres I just think that he's going to start to wear down and the twins are also going to be cautious with him down the stretch because he's very important for them in the postseason I know they acquired Tyler Molly at the deadline yesterday but the twins rotation is their biggest question mark going into the postseason so Ryan is probably going to be treated with some kid gloves down the stretch, and even when he's on the mound, he is is showing some some signs of wear. As I mentioned, his start against San Diego last time out. A lot of innings for a young arm, a young, hard-throwing arm. So I'm going to fade him against the Tigers offense that's been competent over the last two months since calling up Riley Green. They are no longer historically bad. They are just kind of regular bad. So... Other side of the that pitching matchup, Tyler Alexander, a, a competent swingman for Detroit. Nothing special there. He'll probably go three to four innings at most for Detroit. But he's a lefty, and that's the Twins' worst split. I'll probably take a small stab at the money line for this game, but I really like Detroit at the first five innings with Alexander against Ryan, if you can get Detroit plus 160 or better. Moving on to Giants, Dodgers, Alex Cobb. We've talked time and time again, both in print and on this podcast, about how Cobb is probably the unluckiest pitcher in baseball this year. 406 ERA is paired with a 275 X ERA and a 281 XFIP. He did see some of that positive regression we've been looking for in his last start. Granted, it was against the Cubs. He went six innings, allowed just three hits, one run, one walk, and struck out 11. Looking for him to keep it up today against the Dodgers. Julio Urias is a very tough matchup for him. 
he has had three starts against San Francisco this year and has gone six innings in each of them and only allowed two earned runs total in 18 innings. But the Giants offense is better against lefties. I don't know if Urias is going to be able to get it done a fourth time. They're 114 weighted runs created plus against lefties compared to just 99 against righties. Dodgers obviously favored for a reason in this matchup, but given Cobb's poor luck and the fact that I expect positive regression from him, I like the Giants plus 145 or better there. Last matchup is a total play in Orioles Rangers. You know, we were all over Kyle Bradish when he made his debut with Baltimore. Things did not go as planned. He went back down to the minor leagues with an ERA sitting over seven. Came back up last start, looked pretty solid, seven strikeouts and no walks. But the Texas offense is pretty underrated right now. Their top half of the league in weighted runs created plus since the start of June. I really think that this is a team that uh, is kind of clicking offensively. They send Martin Perez to the mound, who stayed in Texas at the deadline yesterday, but is still someone who is a negative regression candidate. 2.52 ERA, 3.15 XERA, and a 3.68 XFIP. I like Baltimore's offense of late, even without Mancini, and I love Texas's offense against Bradish. I was shocked when I woke up this morning and saw the total sitting only at seven and a half, especially this Baltimore's offense now without Jorge Lopez, Texas's bullpen without Matt Bush. Over seven and a half is a play I love here in Baltimore, Texas. Okay, good stuff. Sean Zarillo, you've always got plenty to say when it comes to your final bets. Yeah, a lot of the board that was interesting to me today. We'll start with the games. Colin touched on Tigers. Twins, I like the Tigers down to plus 181. Their offense has improved throughout the season, was historically bad earlier in the year. Averaged 2.5 runs a game in May. Got up to 3.4 in June and now 3.7 in July and August. That Tigers offense is finally scoring some runs. We'll see if Alexander can hold down the Twins today. The Giants I like as well down to plus 147. I also like the under eight. I would actually bet that to seven and a half at minus 108. The downside to that underplay is that both teams are in their superior split. I know Colin talked about the Giants being better against lefties than they are against righties. I believe they're sixth against lefties and 12th or 13th against righties. But the Dodgers are the best team in baseball against right-handed pitching and rank closer to fifth against lefties. So both teams in their superior split there. Definitely reason to be concerned about the under, but with the wind blowing in, I do like it. Big first five favorite betting Sandy Alcantara on the first five line. I like it all the way up to minus 225, projected it closer to minus 250. Now, I would love to bet on Sandy every day. I do not love laying minus 200, and I don't go into these projections saying, oh, I'm going to bet Sandy here. Let me tweak my projection to make sure I can bet him. I didn't have to adjust anything. If anything, I could actually adjust Sandy down further and make him a bigger favorite here. So without touching anything, I like the Marlins' first five favorites up to minus 225. The Red Sox and the Astros, a game Colin mentioned earlier as well. I like Boston down to plus 167 with Rich Hill. Starting in place of Brian Bello. I like Bello as a bet previously, but even as the line is moving down, I still like Rich Hill. The Guardians down to plus 188. That would be a bet for me just on based on pure projections. The Rockies down to plus 227 against this loaded Padres team. I need something closer to plus 255 to bet them in the first half against Blake Snow. The Jays and Rays, the early game. I like the Rays down to plus 102. And then finally, the Mariners and the Yankees, one of the last bets I added to my card. The Mariners down to plus 167 with Luis Castillo going against Garrett Cole in the Bronx. And then the over seven and a half up to minus 103. 
And the news from that game too is Aaron Judge is not in the lineup. Helps so, my bet even more. Beautiful. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up that game though, Sean. We're going to go this whole podcast about talking about Luis Castillo against Garrett Cole, probably the the pitching matchup of the day. I'm really excited to see how Castillo does in his. Seattle debut, he actually started in the Bronx just a few weeks ago with Cincinnati and, and shut down New York. So um, now pitching for a contender, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I see that line has crashed to 155 best available. I'm going to have to re-upload the projection without Judge, but I would imagine plus 155 is probably still fine. How kind of the Yankees to to give Luis Castillo uh, a proper start to his Seattle career. You don't have to face Aaron Judge, who's been insane uh post all-star break yeah you just have garrett cole on the other on the other side of, of the matchup <laughs> all right that is gonna do it so it's a loaded day a, a lot of get to get to of course on this show as always and uh, with earlier starts so we hope this is still beneficial for those of you that tune in throughout the season so again kind of a weird week we're back here on friday normal time plenty of night games so we'll be right right back on track here as the uh, post-trade deadline start of the season uh, is today. Again, we record every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season, so we'll look to finish strong here uh, as the year concludes. For Sean Zarello, Colin Whitchurch, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Catch you on Friday, and good luck today. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.